This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Scott Goldbranson here with my partner, Mo Moten. We were off last week. We did our post-draft show. Huge numbers on that one, by the way. You guys love that show. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, but we are back, as I mentioned, myself and my co-host, my partner in all of this. That is Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Follow him at Mo Moten on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at LV Gully. You can follow the show, SNB Today. Mo, we did that post-draft show early last week for Monday. And then we were off the rest of the week from the show, and now we're back, and it's real interesting because, boy, there was a lot of emotion on draft night and after the draft and how the Raiders did this, they didn't do that, they didn't do this, they did that, they needed to do that. And so there's a lot of people all over the map. Now, a week later-ish later, it seems like Raider Nation is kind of like, whoa, let's look, sit back and look at this. And okay, you and I both had it in the B category, B plus B grade. Looks like Raider Nation starting to warm to some of these guys, including Michael Mayer for the number the number two pick in the draft for the Raiders, of course, a tight end in Notre Dame, go Irish. And everyone else too on that uh on that draft slate seems to be warming up. The nation seems to be feeling a little better this week than last week. As a fan, what else are you going to do? You're going <laughs> to are you going to mope around the whole offseason and criticize the draft picks? No. Once the once these guys go from college to being Raiders, as a fan, your inclination is to cheer these guys on, obviously, and hope mm-hmm. that they are the best picks that the Raiders have had in a long time. Now, I will say, emotion or not, this is probably one of the better drafts the Raiders have had in, in the previous time. years. Now, that's not saying a lot. The bar yeah. was low. I know. Right. But if you look at the draft and what they did, I know they didn't address all their needs at, at spots that people thought they were, cornerback, linebacker specifically. But I thought for what they had and what they did, they did a pretty decent job in, in filling some holes. Now, there, as I've said on previous shows, I have questions about two of the picks. One of the picks I will say that I was initially low on, I've come around on, and we'll talk about that. But overall, looking at this class, I would say... <laughs> 
I, I'm not. I'm not moving off of my grade. It's a it, solid B class. It's not Trey Tucker, is it? Look, no matter how you try to spin the Trey Tucker pick, <laughs> whether you're trading Hunter Renfro or not, whether he could be Tyreek Hill or not, yeah, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill. Newsflash. No, but you you don't. You just don't take a backup slot wide receiver. Now I know Dave Ziegler said he looks at Trey Tucker as a complete wide receiver. He can line up inside. And outside. I get that. But his first job is going to be one to contribute on special teams and yeah. two to fill in in the slot. And you just don't do you don't take that guy in the third round with the right. needs that the Raiders had. Remember when they took the special teams war daddy? Oh god! Remember him? Oh, he was a special teams guy too, and they took him in the third round. That was, of course, Tanner Muse. Right. So I have the same people telling me I was wrong about Tanner Muse. Telling me I'm wrong about Trey Tucker, that he is the second coming of Tyreek Hill. Oh, gosh. I mean, listen, I'm all fine with Raiders fans saying, hey, listen, give the guy a chance. I got no problem with that attitude, right? Okay, cool. But let's not put him up as something he's not going to be. Well, you didn't watch. I said, no, I did watch. I, I, I'm in Cincinnati. I saw him play all the time. <laughs> so don't tell me I didn't watch him. It's It just is. Now, again, maybe... Listen, Mo, it'd be great if he proved us wrong, wouldn't it? It'd be awesome. I'd be the first one to stand up and say I was wrong. But to your point, yes, I think that the, the, when people get a chance, they hear names, they don't know a name on draft night, so they overreact and say, what are they doing? Blah, blah. And then they have a week to watch. They have a week to read about these guys. They get to know them because, of course, all the beat writers are doing pieces on the draft picks, so you get to know the players. And suddenly people start to warm to them. Now, that said, Mo, even with this draft class and some of the... Oh, by the way, who was the guy you changed your mind on? It was Byron Young. Oh, it Byron is Young. Byron Young. That's right. And, yeah. and, and it's because when Byron Young was drafted, I heard a lot of, oh, he's a, he's a run stopper. He's a run stuffer. He's a space eater. And yes, he did. He was a two-gapper at Alabama. Had to yep. hold two blocks at one time. And I get that. But as I said on my Bleach Report live show, as I said in our post-draft show, he had about 28 pressures in his last year at Alabama, which equaled the same amount of pressures he had in his first few years there. So with more playing time, he showed that he had the ability to rush the passer. My mm. theory here is that he's not just a run stuffer. He's not just a space eater. He's not going to be a Jonathan Hankins. I think he's going to challenge Bilal Nichols for snaps. Because yeah. if you look at the measurements, Bilal Nichols... And, and uh, Byron Young, similar size, similar weight, height and weight measurements. If you look at if you look at Byron Young, he's under 300. Now, he could probably get over 300 once he gets into an NFL facility. But his body type is the type of player you don't just put on the field on early downs and ask him to take on two gaps on the mm -hmm. pro level. He, he has a type of body type where now he's not the most explosive athlete, but the ability to get to the quarterback, which he showed last year, says that he could possibly be on the field on all three downs. So I, I think he could be a possible replacement for, for Bilal Nichols. That's his upside. Raider fans don't want to hear it because Bilal Nichols is pretty much just the guy on the field last year. But I think they see the upside in Byron Young and saying that he could be better than Bilal Nichols is or is right now what we expected Bilal Nichols to be. So before you give Byron Young a C draft grade, <laughs> I would say – Wait to see how the Raiders use him. If they just use him as a run stuffer, then I understand the low grade. But I yes. think they're going to try to put him, put him on the field on every down and allow him to rush the passer. 
I do too. And and listen, I think he's the kind of guy, and I think I said this on our, our show last week after the draft, which was he's the kind of guy that you hope to develop that can find it because he has the, I think, the the innate talent there to do more than he did in college. And so that I think that's one of those guys you're kind of taking. I know where he was taken might give people reservations about that, but he's a guy you're taking on spec, right? And you're saying, hey, we know what he can do, and fine, if he does that for us, whatever. But we think we can get more out of him. It's one of those challenges with this coaching staff and Patrick Graham's staff and the line coach. They're going to have to try to get more out of him. And if they do, you're right, the stock in that pick goes drastically higher. And and so we'll see. And if they do that, if he can be more than they than some people think of him, then suddenly you you wipe out a, a glaring need there, right? That that goes beyond just getting somebody to get stop the stop the run. And and I look at the roster, Mo, and even with if you change your mind about Byron Young and you say, okay, let's give this guy a shot, is the roster still has a lot of work to be done, right? There has to be some things happening here, whether it's via free agency. Some people have talked about trades. I don't see any trades happening. It's not Dave Ziegler's MO. If you're paying attention, Raider Nation, he's not going to make a trade for now. He's going to make a trade to stopgap now, but he's not going to make a trade for any big contracts or anything like that because he's building through the draft. Do you agree with me on that, Mo? I agree with you on that, but what I will say is that the Raiders have such a big hole at linebacker. Oh, yeah. I don't see how he could not consider a, a trade. I mean, unless it's a, you know, a team that's asking for everything in the world. Right. I don't see how he doesn't go out and proactively try to improve the line. You cannot go into the season with Robert Spillane and Divine Diablo. And I know Raider fans have been saying Divine Diablo could be the breakout guy this year. Well, look, mm-hmm. if I if I can get an upgrade at that position, which is the by far easily, easy, easily the worst position on the roster, I try to improve <clears> it. And there are two names that I know people are going to get tired of hearing me saying dun, this, but dun, 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 Patrick, Patrick Queen. Queen has to be on the Raiders' radar. He has to be. The, the Ravens declined his fifth-year option. It's yes. clear that his, his future is uncertain in Baltimore. Pick up the phone and call the Ravens for Patrick Queen. The alternative is Isaiah Simmons out of uh, Arizona. Arizona. The Cardinals have a rebuilding franchise. Now, Simmons has been a lot more productive than Patrick Queen. He's also more mm-hmm. versatile because he can also play safety and also can line up in the nickel. I don't think the Cardinals would be inclined to move on from him. But if they dangle him out there and put him on the trade block, I would definitely oh, bite on that. I, I, if you, if you remember back at the when he was drafted, I think this, I think we were, I was doing a show with Kelly at that point live. I love that kid because of that hybrid position, the fact that he can he can sail back and play the safety as well and be effective in both spots and the nickel. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, if you look at the Patrick Queen thing, and I'm not just playing into the Mo Moten dreams and <laughs> wishes here, but what I said about them not going out and making a big trade. Uh, because they're going to build for the draft. Patrick Queen fits in that, because if Patrick Queen comes to the Raiders, you're talking about a $3 million cap uh, salary this 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 year, and then he's a free agent, right? So so you can take your one chance, and if he plays awesome and you and you re-sign him after that, great. If he doesn't, you, you walk away and you got him for a year, and if he did well, great for you. So to me, that's the perfect situation. That's why not only is the player good, but the situation with the contract is even better. It's a very Denzel Perryman type move, right? So right. you acquire the player, you see what he does for that one year, and then you you figure out if you want to keep him. Now, Denzel Perryman had two years on his deal. Patrick Queen has one, and Patrick Queen is younger. But the ideal is still the same. You get a cheap pickup, and then you take it from there to find out if he's going to be 
you know, a core piece of your defense or not. Now they let Denzel Perryman walk after a Pro Bowl year. It's different, but um, I think Patrick Queen definitely, and a lot of people saying, well, he may ask for a new deal. Well, Patrick Queen <coughs> didn't play well for his first two years in Baltimore, so he's not really in position to demand a new contract right mm-hmm. now. He's going to have to play out 2023 to get that new deal, and I think that motivation, that added motivation on a cheap deal is a perfect situation for the Raiders. It is. Mo, let me ask you this. Are the Raiders, do they need to or are they going to do anything here before the season on the offensive line? I think they like what they have. I know Raider fans, a lot of Raider fans are still under the misnomer that the offensive line was terrible. It was not. At the beginning of the year, it was. It got better and got consistent. Is it a top 10 unit? No. But Jermaine Illuminor came along. He's got that spot right now. I think it's his to lose unless they go out and they completely upgrade, to my point. But I think they're ready to roll into the season with that. I'm not saying they won't get some another player or two to come in there for depth, but I think they like what they have. Yeah, I think they like what they have as well. But to your point, I think they're going to add some depth because if you read Peter King's piece, Peter King spent the night in the Raiders draft room. If you read the piece, the Raiders like Parrish Johnson Jr., but the but the Cardinals moved up over the Raiders to the sixth spot and swiped him. So, I, if anything, I think they add another tackle, but it's not going to be someone who's a big name, a big notable mm-hmm. name, unless there's a cut somewhere. Maybe someone to compete with Jermaine Illuminar, but I, I would think that Illuminar is is the front runner. It's his job to lose, basically, at right tackle. Absolutely. All right, we're up against our first break here on Silver and Black today. Good to be back with you guys after a week. That's right, a week. We're back. We're talking Raiders football. When we come back, we'll roll on. We'll talk more about the Raiders getting back on the field. Yes, they're going to be back on the field this weekend, folks. Yes, the rookies, that is. We'll talk about that. Also, the schedule, the NFL schedule, including the Raiders schedule, will be released on Thursday. So we'll talk through that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back. Silver and black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson with you. We are talking Raiders football. Thanks for being with us. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, what the heck is wrong with you? Make sure you do that wherever you get your podcast. Just search Silver and Black today. 
and you can do that, subscribe, but then also turn on the auto download. That time, uh, that way, any anytime we do a show, you're going to get it pushed right to your device, most likely your phone, where most people listen to us, and especially if you're on an Apple iPhone, that tends to be our listener. Hey, go figure. Uh, but you can get it on any device wherever you get it, and uh, we would appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello. We appreciate seeing you guys again. Thanks for the chat, as always, lively, and we do appreciate your subscription, and if you hit the notifications bell as well. All right, Mo, we have uh, coming up on Thursday, the Raiders schedule is going to be released. Uh, if you guys remember, home games against the Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, of course, the Packers, the Vikings, Patriots, Giants, Jets, and Steelers. So we look at that, Mo. We see um, we will see Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in Vegas. We will see the Patriots. We will see, of course, the Packers and Jordan Love, uh, who didn't get his option exercise, correct? Um, he got today? an extension, though. He got an extension instead. That's right. And then, of course, the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers in division. Away, they play, of course, the three AFC West teams. They also play the Bills. Our good friend Evan Grote, though, is, mm -hmm. is very upset because they're probably, and I think they are, playing the Bills in London. Yes, the Raiders supposedly headed to London yet again. Uh, over the pond to go see. Maybe Mo and I will go to that one. What do you think, Mo? We should go over there? Get Fish your chips for me. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> do that. We had fun last time. You can see if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the poster behind me is from our, our show that we did over there. Uh, the Bears in Chicago, the Detroit Lions in Detroit, Indianapolis Colts and Miami Dolphins. Mo, let's talk about it. This is no easy schedule. This is a pretty difficult schedule if you look at a lot of these teams, playoff teams, and teams that might not have been playoff teams, but up-and-coming teams who've made improvements, when you look at this one, I mean, we're not doing predictions and all that crazy stuff because we're not there yet, but when you look at the schedule, and we don't know exactly the dates on these things yet, for example, do they stick them in Pittsburgh again in the winter? Probably. Uh, and the same with, uh, or excuse me, that one's in Vegas. Uh, but yeah. when you look at all the other games, Chicago in the winter, Buffalo is going to be in, in, in London, so they escape that one. So the away games, not so much with the weather, but you look at the time of the season and what the buys will be, all that stuff coming up, we'll have answers for it on Thursday. As far as weather games, I'm looking at possibly Denver late in the year, Kansas City <clears throat> late in the year maybe. The Bears, that could the be Bears. a late, that that could be a, a cold weather game. And yeah. As you said, if it's true that the Rays are playing the Bills in London, then that won't be a factor there. But what I glean from this is that they're they're going to play one of the toughest divisions in, in football, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I I had an article on Bleacher Report last week, and I rate I ranked each division based on worst to best, and I had the AFC East as the second best division behind the AFC North. Now they do play the Steelers two third-place teams, that's how it goes with the schedule. Third-place teams play other third-place teams and so on and so forth. But playing the AFC East is going to be tough. You yeah. mentioned it. Aaron Rodgers now with the Jets. The Dolphins were a playoff team last year. We all know about the Bills. Don't sleep on the Patriots. I know people want to say the Patriots are trash, they're garbage. Nope. Listen, Bill O'Brien, when he he was once the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, that he had that offense humming. When he was in Houston, even before Deshaun Watson got there, he made a lot out of nothing. DeAndre Hopkins was catching passes from a guy named TJ Yates, who a lot of you probably don't even remember. So <laughs> before you throw the Patriots out as the worst team at division and not a factor, consider that Bill O'Brien is now there and that offense is going to be a lot better. So the Raiders playing the AFC East, tough, tough division to play. They also play the NFC North, which I think is 
kind of a mixed bag. So I think the Vikings are going to come down a bit. They were 11 and 0 and one score games in the regular season last year. That's not going to happen this year again. And the Packers, as you mentioned, are moving on with Jordan Love. There are going to be some growing pains there. But I do think the Lions are going to be a team to watch. And I do think the Chicago Bears are going to be much improved from last year with Justin Fields. So, yeah. as you said, tough schedule, even outside of their division in the AFC West. I do. And if you look at home, the fact, well, again, if you look at home, the games that they have at home, uh, a bunch of the difficult ones, including the Giants, they're, they're, they're at least at home. So you, you have that advantage. But the road games, yeah, I mean, Detroit, Indianapolis, depending what happens with them, um, with that tight end playing quarterback. Um, and <laughs> oh, my God. I got it in. Yay. You like it, don't you? Um, but anyway, yeah, so, so a, a really tough schedule for this Raiders team. And, and it's it just handed up that way. It wasn't, I think, any nefarious. I know Raider fans will quickly go to the NFL trying to screw the Raiders. But but the way the matchups work, like you said, with the third place teams and then the rotating schedule with who you're playing divisionally, uh, that's how it wound out. But it's going to be fun to see what dates these are. And I know Raider Nation out there are excited because this is when they start as soon as they get that schedule. They can book their flights. They can book their rooms. They can do all that stuff uh, and get ready for a great year because Raider Nation goes everywhere. And I'm sure just like my friend, just win Wendy, who was one of, was with us. Over in London when we were there the last time when they beat the Bears, I'm sure she'll be going over there too. So there'll be a big contingent of folks uh, going over the UK. And of course, Mo, you know, there's a huge UK Raiders fan club. We met there. We went to a party there with uh, a bunch of folks, and it was it was a blast. They're a big group in London. Oh, you know, Raider Nation's everywhere, no matter where you go. Uh, you're <laughs> oh, you're yeah. going to have a big group of people that are just rabid fans. But two things I want to point out. Number one, I hope Anthony Richardson lights it up. Aside from that Raider game, aside from when the Colts played the Raiders, oh. I hope Anthony Richardson lights it up. I, I hope he proves a lot of naysayers like you wrong. I so I uh, hope so too. I never <laughs> I never root against anybody. I just no, don't I think know. he will. But I do hope. Yeah, if he does, great. And and the Colts and their crazy owner. I mean, they need a quarterback. So so you you don't want to see a kid fail. I mean, he's a kid. He's got all the promise in the world. So so you hope he can succeed. But We'll see how it all ends up. Mo, the other thing is rookie minicab coming up this weekend already. So we get to see some of these guys go into the rookie minicab, which is really just a, hey, come on in, get to know the place, get to know the facility. It's really nothing from a football perspective. Um, but the rookie minicab, just to me, it's kind of you have this slew of activity. You're going to have this. You're going to have some OTAs uh, for three different times or two in May and a couple in June. And then the league shuts down basically, right, until until camp starts uh, in in July, August. And so, so now um, this is going to be Raider Nation's first opportunity to see these guys kind of get to, together to see all the veterans mix it up a little bit with the rookies in the facility. So at least you'll have some eye candy to watch. Yeah, and that's how I – I'm glad you said eye candy because that's how I identify it. I mean, you're gonna hear this hear this a million times, but we'll know who who's ready to play and who's ready ready to bang when the pads come on. <laughs> exactly. In 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 July August. Right now, guys are running around in shorts and their t-shirts. Yeah, and you're gonna see a bunch of reports. Oh, this guy looks fast. This guy can catch the ball, and it's like, yeah, because. <laughs> They're playing in, in not even their gear, and no one's trying to get hurt or anything. No one's right. tackling. So, of course, guys are going to look good. Guys are going to look fast. Guys are going to be able to catch the football. Like These things are – I see it every year, and it I, I don't want to say it annoys me, but 
I get that there's not a lot of content out there, so you got to put something out there, and observations are great. Don't get me wrong. The reporters out there who provide the content, awesome job they do. Yes. But let's not eat this up as, oh, man, this guy's going to be an all-pro because he can catch in wide-open space and run fast. It's just <laughs> It just doesn't work like that. Not only that, but I'm telling you, you know who the star of Rookie Minicamp will be, don't you? Michael Mayer. No. He will be one of them. But you know who's going to be, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. It's going to be Trey, Trey Tucker. Tucker. Trey, Trey Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I will, I, we will have David cut this clip, our producer David Stepanian. Yes. We will cut this clip and we will run it next <laughs> week because mark my words, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see yeah. Trey Tucker. Oh, my gosh. He's so fast. Visions of Tyreek Hill. Oh, oh, right. You're right. Okay, so Scott. We're going to get that. I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now. You're absolutely right, Scott. So we will play this. This And if I'm wrong, then I'll eat my words, but I don't think I will be. So let's, uh, but let's remember who was the star of training camp a, few, a couple of years ago. Brian, Brian Edwards was supposed Brian to be T.O. slash Randy Moss. Shout out to our guy Levi, Levi Edwards. Does a great job. Yes. We're not making fun of him, but a lot no. of people would say, oh, Brian Edwards is going to be this and this and that. And he was the guy at, at these yeah. off-season workouts. And yeah. he got to the season, he was super inconsistent. Now, he did have some bright moments. Yeah. But he was just super inconsistent. That's why the Raiders traded him to Atlanta, where he didn't catch on, by the way. Now, Brian Edwards is with with the Saints. They signed him because he has that connection with Derek Carr. They can use him there. But all we're saying is that be excited for these rookies. Definitely be excited <laughs> because there is some action going on. But, you know, let's let's put everything in perspective. These guys aren't hitting. No one's tackling mm -hmm. anyone. They're not going 100% full, full throttle. And they're not playing the defense or the offensive playbook. They, you know, they're, they're right. just running around. Right. And remember, I mean, and I'm, I'm not going to name names because I'm wrong all the time, too. But yeah. there were a couple writers who told us, don't, you know, sh don't underestimate, underestimate Tanner Muse. This guy can play. This guy can play. Okay. So there you go. Now, he is still yeah. in the NFL, so I'll give him that. He's with Seattle. Or at least he was. I don't know if he is still, but anyway, uh, that's how it all works out. And uh, but but then Mo, then you have OTAs. Same thing with OTAs, especially now. That's the thing to understand with the NFL in the last ten years. There's no contact. They can't make contact like they used to. And to, to Mo, Mo's point about until you get to regular camp when you put the pads on, the only thing they're doing really is relationship development, right? They're going out there when you have the veterans that show up for camp. They're going out there. I know a lot of Raider fans are going to want, will Josh Jacobs show up? Yes, he'll show up. Uh, I don't see Josh Jacobs doing anything that's going to jeopardize um, him playing football, even though he wants a new contract, and who knows if that'll still happen. But OTAs will be the last time uh, fans will be able to see the team a little bit before we head into that do the doldrums of the summer. And um, there's really no drama there. I think we, the drama only comes around, I think, June 1st with Hunter Renfro, maybe a couple other players, but that's it. Yeah, two things. And and one thing to I, I want to say this really quick clear that we're not saying that OTAs are meaningless because the one thing I do yeah. like to see at OTAs or read their reporters' observations with is who lines up where. Because sometimes you get an idea of where a guy's gonna play. So I know there were there were kind of whispers about will Dylan Parham move to center. Now, Andre James is still there, so that probably is going to happen. But I'm interested to see where Dylan Parham lines up. Is he going to be on the left side? Is he going to be on the right side? Um, you, want, you don't want to pay too much attention to who's with the stars, the first unit, the second unit, because that can always change. That's usually fluid. 
but you know, is, is Chris Smith going to be, you know, the safety next to Trayvon Merrick or is it going to be Marcus Epps? You know, is Corian Bennett going to get an early look at being with the first unit or not? Who's going to line up opposite Nate Hobbs? Where yeah. will Nate Hobbs line up primarily in the slot or on the outside? So position wise, you want to pay attention to that because it can give you a clue as to where guys are going to line up come the regular season. And then who are they going to pull off of St. Rose Parkway to play linebackers? If you're familiar with the Raiders headquarters is right off St. Rose Parkway. Uh, it's pulling guys in there too. I mean, they're going to need guys just to walk in there just to take spots during drills. I mean, that's how bad it could be, but we'll see how it all goes down. But OTA is coming up in May. A couple, they have the 22nd through 23rd, and I think then the 25th, and then a couple other dates um, before you get into June and July. So, so there you go. But at least they'll get to see these guys in some silver and black, which is always fun. You get some picture days done and all that jazz, some interviews. Obviously, the folks on the ground uh, that cover the team will get some of those. Those are always interesting. And then the, the UDFAs, man, the, the undrafted free agents. Uh, you start to see those stories come out pretty soon, too, as those guys get into camp and really more so around OTAs and and some of the drills that they do there. So it's all good. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the Raiders. We're going to talk more about a former Raider who had a big day this past week as far as his legal standing. Well, that's Henry Ruggs. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Stay right where you are. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. It's the Midtown Mo Show. No, it is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. My partner is Midtown Mo. That is Mo Moten, national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Make sure you read his work up there. Also, you can catch his Raiders column once a week, right, Mo? Once a week on sportsnot.com. Twice so if can... I'm feeling if I'm feeling generous. Oh, if he's feeling generous. Wow. It'll be Santa Mo. Give you an extra piece. That would be nice. You can catch him there. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. We appreciate you being with us. Hello to our YouTube viewers as well. Make sure you hit the subscribe and hit the notifications bell. Okay, Mo, to end the show out here, let's talk a little bit. We talked earlier in the show about the draft. We talked about undrafted free agents, the, the issues the Raiders still have. When you look at the trade and free agent market right now, guys who are still on the street, not on a roster. We talked about the Patrick Queen linebacker. makes all the sense in the world. But when you look at other needs at offensive line, particularly at tackle for some depth, at linebacker, even in the defensive backfield still, you could use some bodies there. Uh, when you look at that, what names out there kind of stick out to you? Who could the Raiders perhaps bring in to compete and help in some of those spots like linebacker? 
I have I don't have my cheat sheet with me, but I believe Dalton Risner is still out there, which kind of yes. surprises me. Uh, Dalton Risner played with the Broncos. Solid guard. Is he is he a Pro Bowl All Pro player? No, but I think he's an upgrade over what the Raiders have at one of the guard positions, assuming Parham as that is at one spot because Nate Muti is not a starter in my eyes. Alex Bars <laughs> is not a starter in my eyes. Raiders, if you're not going to pay Josh Jacobs, at least go get a starting guard opposite Dylan Parham. The other position, I think, at cornerback, you can upgrade there depending on what's what's out there. I know a lot of people say, well, they missed out on Rocky, bringing back Rocky Asin. But what I will say is that, to me, them not bringing back Rocky Asin tells you what they think about Ja'Cory Bennett, that he can really play right away. But a, a lot of Raider fans have brought up Marcus Peters, right? And I'm, I'd be okay with bringing Marcus Peters in. But understand... This isn't Marcus Peters from two years ago. No. He's coming off of a torn Achilles, I believe, or a torn ACL, one of the torn Achilles, I believe it was. He had a down year last year. And I know fans love the big names. And Marcus Peters is a big name. And, you know, he he's from the old Oakland area. So people want him and saying, oh, bring him home. And I get all of that sentiment. But understand that Marcus Peters at this point in his career isn't the ball hawking Marcus Peters you know from years ago. Now, he could probably right. still grab a couple of interceptions <clears throat> and he could still cover to an extent, but he's not that same player that you remember uh, his earlier Ravens years or when he was with the Rams or even with the Chiefs. If you want to go back that far, just understand what you're getting if you're bringing in Marcus Peters. He's not going to be a, a, a pen in starter. He's going to compete for a starting job. So, Mo, you look at the free agents available still at uh, at tackle, particularly offensive tackle. George Fant, you know from the Jets. Mm -hmm. I don't know what his status Solid. is. He's still there, uh, 30 years old. Cameron Irving from Carolina is available. Eric Fisher, he's a left tackle from Miami. Isaiah Wynn is still out there. Chris Hubbard is still out there. He's 32, so maybe a little bit on the other side. You talked about Jason Peters and Juwan James. Um, there's some good There's some good names. To your point, not all pro guys anymore or aren't all pro guys, but people who you could supplement that line with if the price is right. So you got to figure that these guys don't start getting itchy until June, right? Because you don't really need to sign before camp. There's really nothing going on. Uh, so, so some of these guys, we might not know what they do there with some free agents until June, even July. Right. There's one name I looked into, Isaiah Wynn, because I'm wondering, mm -hmm. to me, that would be that was one of the first names I penciled in that the Rays would sign in free agency simply because the Patriots drafted him in the first round in 2018, I believe it was, right. out of Georgia. Right. With Josh and he McDaniels. has the versatility. He has the versatility. He's played both tack positions yeah. and he played guard at, at Georgia. So I'm like, why don't yeah. the Raiders sign him? So I did some digging. Mm. I, I, I did some digging. I was <laughs> Inspector Gadget Mo, <laughs> and I did some Mike. research. <laughs> Magnifying glass. We need one. Right. And, and, I, and I looked at Isaiah Wynn's twitter profile and he's out there making demands he's oh. he basically said in his twitter uh in a tweet he said if you're not offering five million i'm not gonna even talk to you wow and i'm like whoa like this dude i'm not saying like like dude you've been hurt a lot in new england and you weren't exactly living up to your first round pedigree yeah and you're out here making demands like i'm not gonna even talk to you unless you offer five million and I'm like, okay, this is why he's not a Raider because he's out here trying to dictate terms right. when he wasn't even a top tier player. And and that's not something that Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziggler is going to want to get involved with. So if you're wondering why Isaiah Wynn isn't a Raider, check out his Twitter profile and you'll see why.
Yeah. Now, now, if you look at 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 at, at Spot Track and you look at his value, they do market values on there, right? They have Isaiah Wynn at a 15.4 million average annual salary. Now, that's I know, yeah, that's crazy. 77 million over five years, right? And this is coming off his contract where he earned 11 million uh, over the course of his of his career in New England, uh, guaranteed. So you look at that, and and it's just, but the, 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 so when he says five million. He's, I don't know where he's getting that from and where he's basing it on, but he's managed by CAA, you know, one of the big sports firms out there. And it's interesting. These guys have lots of demands, but then when the phone doesn't ring, those demands start to change really quick. So he might be one of those guys. I have a feeling, though, somebody will pay him probably what he wants out of desperation. You'll have one of these teams lose, you know, crazy stuff happens. Somebody's knee blows out, and suddenly they're willing to pay whatever they have to to get, get somebody in, especially a guy like this who's versatile who can move around. So we'll see what they do there, but 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 it's interesting. There are good names to my point out there on offensive tackle, linebacker. Different story, Mo. From a linebacking position, outside of Patrick Queen, you talked about Isaiah Simmons. Um, not a, I mean, it's the, the 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 linebackers in the NFL. Most of them that I appreciate the most are already accounted for and signed. But is there anybody else out there who you would argue for might be a good fit in Las Vegas with Patrick Grant? Not among the free agents. Yeah. I, I to me, if you're gonna go with a linebacker, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to gauge a trade market. Mm-hmm. To me, there aren't there aren't any linebackers out there that I would sign and say, okay, that guy should be a starter. A lot of people, again, they like they like the big names. They brought up Miles Jack, and and yeah. I will say there there's a reason why the Steelers let Miles Jack go. He's you can't cover. Right. <laughs> now, now if you need him on early downs to to play the run, support the run, fine, but. Uh, I, I wouldn't touch Miles Jack. The only guy I would give consideration to, and I'm not sure if he's available or not, because again, I don't have my free agent cheat sheet with me. Jalen Smith, uh, former ah. Cowboy who dropped in the draft. I believe he dropped in the second round because there were questions about his knee. He had a resurgent year with the Giants right here in my backyard, uh, right in the middle of that defense, played pretty well. Now, I don't know what the, his condition is or what his situation is, but if you could bring in a Jalen Smith, I, I think that, probably one of the better options they have on the free agent market. Again, I'm not jumping for joy and saying that he's going to, you know, shore it up for them and be the only answer, but mm-hmm. I think definitely an upgrade, which is not saying much, but I think he can play well in the middle of that defense. He, he actually, he actually upgraded or elevated that that giants uh, linebacker court last year. So if you could bring in a Jalen Smith, if he fits your scheme, I definitely take a, a flyer on him. Yeah. You look at some of the guys available. You t- you talked about miles, Jack Dion Jones, and this is on the inside, Zach Cunningham, mm-hmm. a guy named Corey Littleton. Oh, gosh, they're still paying Corey Littleton, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well bring him back. Might as well bring him back, right? They're Just play for us back. for free because I'm already paying you anyway. <laughs> uh, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, there's nobody on the inside. And then on the outside. Uh, you just mentioned it. I'm what's, sorry. What's the that? one guy I would bring in, yeah. Kyle Van Noy, fits exactly what the well, Raiders are looking for. Now, I know. I get it. He's 32 years old because a lot of... I put this out on Twitter. I said, this is how the Raiders fixed their linebacker course. They trade for Patrick Queen, and they sign Kyle Van Noy. And I I know he's 32, but he fits the mold of what the Raiders have been looking for with their defense. I said and this on Twitter. Cap. Two things two cap. things that Dezeger said after the draft that mattered to him most that he mentioned over and over again. Football character and versatility. Yep. Those are the two things that I heard over and over again from him at least five times during his post-game press conferences. 
Kyle Van Noy does that. Now he's not great at coverage at this point in his career, but he can he can supplement the pass rush. He could definitely supplement the run, and he and he knows has has experience. Not that he knows the system inside and out, but he can he can definitely patch up that that linebacker corpse and be as you said a stopgap for a year and give you something. Yes. I, listen, at this you, point you need a I body. Said, He's better than Spillane, in my opinion, right now. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. take Kyle Van Noy oh, yeah. over Spillane simply because of the versatility factor. Well, that, that's why, Mo, I, I got to think. I mean, <clears throat> I just can't imagine, although I shouldn't say this because you just can't fill all the holes in one season, but I can't imagine the Raiders going into the season with the guys they have now and some undrafted rookies. I, I just can't, I can't see it. So to me, it points to they'll do something. Again, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster trade. To get Patrick Queen, I don't think would take a lot. Uh, and I think he's worth it because he's going to play on spec. He's going to be playing for a contract. So you're, you're, you're going to get the best out of him, you would hope. Uh, so we'll see what they do there. It's going to be, it's going to be a crazy little, little mini kind of season here bet- between now and training camp to see what they do. But remember last year, we said this about offensive line. They got nobody. They're going to have to go get somebody. And they didn't do it. They, they developed what they had, and it got better. They, they don't have bodies at linebacker, though. They don't have anybody to get better. That's my, my point there. So that's really dangerous. I think it becomes the biggest hole on the team right now. Unless they are putting all their eggs in the Luke Masterson, Darian Butler basket, which is a, a very risky proposition. But yes, I, I yes. would believe that they're going to bring in at least one linebacker, either via trade or free. <laughs> they, they have to do something there because if they go into the season with what they have, that is probably going to be the biggest blunder of their offseason moves. Right. Moves and, and, you're, and you're not going to get all pro linebackers. You're going to get, to no. your point about stopgap, you got to get a guy that's not going to cost you too much. But because, again, they're building through the draft. They need another draft to really make a, a bigger step. And so they're not going to do anything to get rid of too much draft capital. They need it uh, badly. And so I think you're going to see that. Dave Ziegler has been very consistent about it. I know Raider fans want to win now, but the reality is they're going to take another draft class to, I think, get to the stratus to where you're like, okay, now this, if, if, if and that's if the, the, the class this year performs as it should and maybe even a little better, and you get out of your stars what you need to as well, and your quarterback stays healthy and you're in a good spot, then suddenly you might be in a position next year to, to make the jump and maybe make the playoffs. I know Raiders fans are tired of the band-aid approach at the linebacker position, but that's basically the position they're in right now. Yep. Just remember what they did when they acquired Denzel Perryman and turns it into a Pro Bowl linebacker. I think they're going to try to hit on another uh, linebacker at the position. So now, now it's a different regime, but I think the same idea holds where you're just going to have to get a low-cost player and see what he does in the season, and then you move on from there. Absolutely. Uh, Mo, before we get out of here today, we're already done, unbelievably. Um, we had some news. Henry Ruggs, the former wide receiver for the Raiders, of course, first-round draft pick who um, was driving drunk and, and killed uh, Tina Tintor and her dog in Las Vegas. If you remember the accident, no one can forget it, uh, made a plea deal uh, this week, this past week, to uh, plead guilty to the charges. So now he will await sentencing and he can move on with paying his debt to society and I'm sure to Tina Tintor's family as well financially. However, that works. I'm not sure. But uh, one of those kind of milestone moments where it's unfortunate the young man's life was altered, as was the young woman who lost her life and her family forever. But, Mo, the Raiders get to sort of move on from this uh, once he's sentenced and he's off. Um, it's It could be anything. He could go away for quite a while or he could get some leniency 
uh, for not having any other offenses. So we'll have to see what they do. It is a felony in the state of Nevada, uh, especially uh, with what he did. But uh, but good for the for the team and for him to start to just move forward with their lives. The buzz on Twitter, a lot of people were asking is is his the time that he's already been kind of out of the picture. Is that <laughs> going to factor into his time served? Mm -hmm. A lot of people saying that's outrageous because he actually killed a person. And people are also upset about the, the time range of his sentencing. I think three to 10 years is was the number. And a lot of people are saying, wow, three to 10 years and you and you killed someone. But when you get into law, and I took a little bit of criminal justice in college, it's all about intent. You know, right. there's intent there that ups the sentencing range. If there was obviously no intent, I believe it's manslaughter for him. Mm -hmm. Then you're not going to see, a, you know, a 25 year sentence or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And we'll see what they do. You know, it, it depends, too. In Nevada, they can be very difficult on drunk drivers, as you can imagine, with, with the environment there. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a young man had no other trouble. I'm not making excuses for him because, again, he deserves what he gets. Uh, he took the life of a young woman, unfortunately, because of his carelessness and, and lack of uh, awareness to what he was going to do or what he put himself in the position to do. So we'll have to see. But at least uh, at least it's moving forward now. The family can get some justice, too, because they deserve that. That's number one in my book over anything that happens to Henry Ruggs. Um, now, I get it. People are still angry at him for what he did. There are people out there. Um, who lost uh, loved ones to drunk drivers, and they this brings up bad memories for them as well. Uh, it's one of those things in society where um, you're right, intent matters, but at the same time, so does justice, and, and you have to do justice for those people who lost their lives and for the Tintor family who lost their daughter. Uh, just a, a tragic thing, and again, uh, good good for everybody to start to move forward and to deal with it and to to move on and, and move forward. So there you go. That's uh, the the um, the latest on Henry Ruggs. I believe um, the plea is set for May 10th, which is Wednesday for anyone. Officially. Interested. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll be it'll be tomorrow. So you can uh, pay attention. Watch any of the Las Vegas news. I'm sure it'll be on the national news as well. All right, Mo, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back on Thursday. Um, but we record the show before the schedules release. So we won't have that information, but I'm sure it'll leak out. So we'll have something. Yeah. It'll leak out as well as we'll have four features on Trey Tucker being the next star in the NFL. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Also, Trey, I have a, I'll have a Bleach Report live show Thursday night if anyone's interested. Nice. So we'll have something pre on this show and then post on Bleach Report. Pull up the app. I'll be there talking about some of the Raiders' most intriguing games on the schedule and where you can go to have some fun and just link up with other Raider fans and where you might want to go and have some fun with a win instead of a loss because there there are some wins on this schedule. So I want to direct oh, yes. fans to the to the positivity. Yes. No. It's a tough schedule. <laughs> Doesn't mean they can't rise yeah. to the occasion. By the way. Yeah. But see, I love this. So on Thursday, you wake up on your way to work, you listen to us. And then in the afternoon, you get to listen to Mo after the schedule's released. We got you covered. Man, we just got it all covered. All right, my friend, I will see you then. Sounds good. All right. Thank you guys all for joining us here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. If you don't already subscribe to the show, please do that for us. Wherever you get your audio, just hit subscribe and then put on the auto download. For those viewers on YouTube, thanks for being with us and thanks for seeing you. It's always good to see you from here and uh, to mix it up with you in the chat. So we appreciate that. Hit the subscribe and the notifications bell. For our ace producer, Mr. David Stepanian, and for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. We will talk to you on Thursday, Raider Nation. Enjoy your week.